0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In today's Gospel, we hear a beautiful prayer from Zechariah. So if you remember two weeks ago, we heard about Zechariah and how the angel appears to him in the temple. He's a high priest, and the angel tells him that he's going to give birth, his his wife will give birth to a son, and that he will call his name John. And Zechariah doesn't believe in the word of the angel, in the word of God. And so he's silenced for the entire pregnancy. And today in the gospel, we hear about how Zechariah regains his speech and comes back to to full life, to normal life, when he finally recognizes what God has done. And after he opens his mouth, he speaks this, this prayer of blessing and praise to God, and This is is a prayer that I pray every morning. Most priests pray this prayer. It's it's in the Liturgy of the Hours. It's a book that that priests pray, that even lay people can pray, uh, that contains five different hours of prayer every single day. Um, And so in the morning prayer, you have this beautiful prayer from Zechariah every single morning that we pray. And it's called the Canticle of Zechariah or the Benedictus, right? The blessing that Zechariah is giving to God. And what I love about this prayer is, is one line. Zechariah, when he's praying this, he says, God has come to set us free from our enemies so that we could be free to worship Him without fear. God has come to set us free from our enemies so that we can be free to worship Him without fear. I always think about how as a child, right, we're, we're grown up and we're taught to fear God and, and yes, we should fear God. We should have this fear of the Lord, which is a respect of God. But we shouldn't be afraid of God. You know? I think as a child, we're taught, you know, follow the commandments, right? Don't swear. Don't cuss. Don't lie. Because if you do it, God is going to be mad at you. I remember even, and you can think of your relationship with your parents as a kid. When we're kids, we're like deathly afraid of our parents, right? I remember being deathly afraid of my dad. My dad would have this look and he still has it today. All of my uncles have it. All of my cousins have it. We call it the Atisha look. And this look, when they give it to you, it's not good, you know. And I remember always getting that from my dad when we were doing something wrong, you know, because we were taught that fear. But then eventually as we grow up, you know, my relationship with my father is completely different now. It's one of love, it's one of appreciation. I'm still definitely afraid of Him, but it's different now. (laughs) And so we need to to learn, even in our relationship with God, that God doesn't want us to be afraid of Him. That we shouldn't just follow faith or follow the commandments or go to confession because we're afraid of God. There's a beautiful act of contrition, and it's, it's a traditional act of contrition. The one that we say in the confessional is a little different, but the traditional one... It's so beautiful and what it says is, Oh God, I am heartily sorry for having offended you because I detest all of my sins. Because I dread the loss of heaven and the pains of hell, but most of all, because I have offended you, my God, who are all good and deserving of all my love. So I'm not sorry for my sins, Lord, just because I'm afraid of hell. Yes, that's a part of it. But Lord, I'm sorry because I've offended you because you're so good. And if anyone deserves my love, it's you. And I think that this is what we are starting to forgetting is that God is good and God is good all the time and He's still blessing us and He's still giving us so many things. But we forget this very big principle in our faith that God has goodness in Him. And this is why... Zechariah is preaching that God has come to set us free from our enemies so that we could be free to worship God without fear. He's come to set us free from our enemies. A couple of years ago, when I would read that verse, kind of what would come to mind is, you know, God is coming to set us free from our enemies, the enemies of the church, right? The president, our governor, all these political people, all these organizations like Planned Parenthood who are direct enemies of the church. And that's what I used to think of when I would see this verse. But lately I've been realizing that the church has an enemy that's far greater than some government, that's far greater than some ideology. The enemy is the devil. And we're forgetting that. That the devil is real and he is the enemy, not just of the church, but of our hearts. The reason why Zachariah says God has set us free to worship Him without fear is because the devil wants to instill fear in us. The devil wants to tempt us to fall into sin, into addictions, into visiting those dark websites, into falling into getting drunk and getting high into falling into just cheating on your spouse, falling into so many things that, that will pull us away from God. And if we have any enemy in the world that's against us, it's not your family members that don't speak to you. It's not your friends that don't like you or your neighbors that won't look at you. The true enemy is the devil. And he hates us. And he wants to steal our peace, he wants to steal our love, our our goodness, our purity, our innocence. That's what he wants to do. And what happens is, is, when we fall and fall and fall, eventually we will enter this place of discouragement, of despair, of just lacking hope. Even when we see the people around us falling. I think this is true of those of us who are faithful and we're trying to help someone who's falling. And it's very easy, as we're looking at them falling, we can lose hope. They're never going to change. They're never going to change. Why am I even praying for them anymore? That's what the devil wants us to think. To give up our prayer for this person. To give up encouraging this person. To give up pushing this person. Because he wants us to fall into that discouragement. But God is far more powerful than the devil. God is far more powerful than any enemy of the church, than any enemy of our soul. And we've forgotten that. I was reading this week from the book of Maccabees. And the book of Maccabees is one of the last books in the Old Testament until we enter the New Testament. And what's so amazing about this book is, in the Bible... At the time, the Israelites were being forced to worship the king's idols and the false gods of of the pagans. And so many of the Israelites were falling into worshiping these gods. And then eventually, some of them got together and they decided, we're going to fight against the enemy. And so the book of Maccabees talks about how these Israelites stand up against the king who's forcing them to worship these false gods. And they go into battle, but what I find so interesting is they go into battle without any sword, without any armor, without any weapons. They are outnumbered at the other army that's coming against them, and they literally have nothing to fight with, and they stop and they pray. And they ask God to fight the battle, and they ask God to show His victory. And they win. How amazing is that? They win. And there are so many stories like this in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, where they go out to fight against their enemy and they go out without any weapons and they only rely on God because that's how powerful God is. And we forget that. We read these stories and we think that they're just stories in the Bible a nice bedtime story, something to really, you know, just read. And we forget that the God who did that thousands of years ago is the same God who is living today. The same God who is loving us today. The God who fought that battle for the Israelites without any weapons is the same Jesus, the same God that we believe in today. And so my brothers and sisters, don't be discouraged when life comes with struggles and temptations and addictions and sin. Do not be discouraged because that's what the devil wants. What we have to believe is that Jesus has come and he is coming this Christmas again to set us free from our enemies. And I think there's two ways that the Lord wants us to focus on that. It's first, we have to read the Word of God. If I'm not reading the Word of God, then I have no weapon. The Word of God is a sword, and it fights against our enemies. I want to read a text message that I got from a friend this week, and and this friend has been kind of on and off with their faith, right? Sometimes we become like this. We're really good in our faith, and and we're following the Lord, and we're coming to Mass, and we're going to confession, and then we fall off, and we fall and fall and fall, right? Right? And then we go a couple months without coming to Mass, without going to confession. And this is what this friend is like. So finally, they're coming back to church, back to confession. And this is the text message they sent me, and I, I really thought it was so beautiful, and I want to read it to you. So they said, I was driving this morning, and the Lord decided to give me some wisdom. The reason why my faith has been so shaky is because I never knew the Word of God. How can you have faith in someone, believe in them, and trust they will take care of you if you do not know their word, their promises, how to live and how to act? I have been missing such a big piece. When I read his word now, I have direction, peace, and comfort, knowing that his words are real. When we read the word of God, it does something to our hearts and to our souls, It fills us up. You know, this past January, January 1st, I started doing Bible in a year. And if you haven't done this, I really encourage you to do it. So I've been doing Bible in a year. It's about 15 minutes of reading the Bible every single day. And by the end of the year, you've read the entire Bible. And so I started this in January, and I can honestly say it's literally changed my life. Because I've never read this much scripture in my life. You know, sometimes I just, I play those Bible roulettes, right? You open the Bible and, and you just go to any verse that, that it lands on. Or I might have read just a couple of passages every day, but I've never actually sat and really sat with the Bible for 15 to 20 minutes and just read Scripture. And it's opened my eyes to the spiritual life in such a beautiful way. And so I would really encourage you, you know, as, as we're thinking about what, how we want to start this new year, Really look into getting Bible in a year. You can go on Amazon and get it. Uh, It's a beautiful way. Secondly, and lastly, the Lord wants us to sit with him in the Eucharist. The Lord wants us to encounter him in the Eucharist. If I want to be set free from my enemies, there is nothing more powerful than the Eucharist. If I want to be set free from fear, there is nothing more powerful than the Eucharist. I can't tell you how many times in my own life I've been angry or bothered or tired or just annoyed and I go in front of the Eucharist and I take that thing that's really bothering me and I take it to Jesus in the Eucharist and he takes it away. He fills me up with what I need. And so the Word of God and the Eucharist are powerful tools in order for us to live out those words that God has come to set us free from our enemies so that we can worship God without fear. So in this Mass, we are encountering those two beautiful things. This is the Word of God being presented, being preached. And now we are going to enter towards the Eucharist, the two greatest gifts that God has given us in order for us to be set free. And so let's really enter into that and allow the Lord to set us free. Amen.